Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast. I'm Brianna Morris, and together with my co-host Sherry Baslama, we talk about matters related to economic development and why it matters. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, where we focus on attracting investment into the Edmonton region and helping our local companies expand internationally. On this podcast, we discuss how we can compete globally and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the lives of the people in our communities. Today, we are talking about air cargo and logistics, and we've got a great group of guests joining us in studio. First, we've got a couple of folks from a global aviation consulting agency, Sassy World. Stan Wright is their president and CEO, and Charles Edwards is their vice president of strategic aviation. We also have with us Alex Lowe, who is the director e-commerce, cargo, and aviation real estate at Edmonton International Airport. Sassy and the Edmonton Airport have recently entered into a partnership to enhance the cargo services at our regional airport, and we're excited to learn more. Stan, let's start with you. Can you share a little bit about your organization? Well, we're a Canadian organization. We specialize in aviation-related matters, but we really have a, a strong core practice in air cargo and air cargo logistics. Uh, the background of the company is it's um, the only uh, Canadian all-cargo consulting company that exists. Um, my background is with KLM. I started with KLM in Canada. I am a Canadian. The headquarters of my company is in Montreal. We're globally uh, located, offices in uh, Switzerland, in Russia, um, closed in Russia, I should mention. Uh, Dubai soon in November, and we have offices in Canada and the United States. So the company specializes in, in assisting and advising airports, airlines, and other logistics service providers on how to optimize revenue and building up strategic uh, positioning and business planning. That's basically what we're, uh, our core business is. Awesome. So when you look at the value that an airport delivers from an economic impact perspective, like what are the key elements that the community, um, um, that like what... What helps drive growth for the community um, when it comes to the airport? Alex, you want to take that and I'll jump in? Sure. I think, um, yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for the, the invitation. And <clears throat> Stan uh, uh, humbly uh, pointed out with, with the, the background that, that both he and Charles bring to the table in terms of uh, both industry experience, but also uh, dealing with airports all over the world and, and having that global perspective. Uh, not to mention dealing with with government regulators and, and policymakers as well. They have they have great perspective and have done a lot of research in this area. Um, in particular, what it is that the the you know importers and a term that's, that's used in transportation, beneficial cargo owners, which is the person that ultimately receives uh, cargo uh, upon import, and and what it is that that drives them. So I don't want to take too much away for take too much credit for the work that that Stan and Charles and their team have done, but. You know what they've what they've um, narrowed it down to is, is really five things, which is speed, um, transparency, uh, reliability, and and compliance. Uh, a lot of a lot of times people jump to to price, of course, but uh, but price comes after all of those things. So we're really excited to um, to move forward in terms of uh, the future of of the cargo and logistics industry. What technology we can bring to the table and. And by by focusing on those five key elements, um, you know, price sort of takes care of itself, and you really uh, can different, differentiate yourself as an airport um, within a region. And, and obviously, the uh, the Edmonton region is is poised for for cargo growth um, and logistics growth on a number of fronts. Um, and the airport wants to be uh, 
uh, a key enabler of that growth. Um, anything to add to that, Stan? Well, yeah, basically you hit it right on the head. I mean, the, the research we've done in isolating uh, transparency and speed and everything else, you, you, you perfectly encapsulated what, what we've been discussing for uh, over a year now. But the important point here is that um, the, it's not, it's not uh, the way business was done in the past. Uh, an airport now, uh, amazingly, uh, the biggest uh, problem for, for a manufacturer or an importer or an exporter or even somebody who wants to work on the airport is where exactly is the cargo going to go to and come from? And, and we have recent examples of uh, uh, major investments by logistics companies in airports such as Phoenix, for example. Why? Because the semiconductor industry is based there and, and they've gained a lot of flights. Uh, people down in the U.S. In, in Huntsville or in Greenville attracting all the major uh, cargo companies. Why? Because of the logistics needs of those companies demands airlift. And the airports, the traditional airports like, for example, uh, Atlanta are losing business to these smaller airports because the, the airports don't understand the needs of those BCOs, those beneficial cargo owners that uh, that Alex referred to. Uh, we bring that to the table because that's our strength. We talk to all these people. And what we think and what Edmonton has embraced is the idea of creating what we define and have trademarked as a smart cargo airport philosophy. And that covers all aspects of what an airport does, uh, be it uh, fuel, environment, be it digitization, automation, all the things that uh, a local community needs to attract um, an economic drivers of industries, distribution centers, e-commerce companies, manufacturers. They need these uh, attributes in order to use the airport and, and grow their own business. So that's why I really we really like working with Edmonton because they have they have the right train of thought to make it an uh, 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 economic driver for the region. Yeah, there's a lot more going on in an airport than just people going on vacation or even going on business trips. Alex, this is maybe a question for you. Like in terms of the mix of importance for uh, the airport's operations, like what is that mix in terms of cargo? How important is that cargo side of business to Edmonton's airport? Yeah, great question. And as, as Dan alluded to, um, you know, we have a very strong focus on cargo at, at Edmonton International Airport, maybe more so than the number of our peers. Um, of course, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're a conduit for people as well, a, a gateway for, um, as you said, vacationers and, and of course, very importantly for business travel. Um, but we're, we're actually very fortunate in, in a lot of ways. One of them is that we're the largest airport in Canada by land. Uh, and what that means is, is often airports, when it comes to major infrastructure investments, um, are, are, you know, torn between um, investing in growth on the passenger side or investing in, in infrastructure for the cargo side. Uh, Edmonton does not have that, that challenge. And so with, with um, our 7,000 acres, we're able to develop both the cargo infrastructure and passenger infrastructure uh, at the same time together. Um, but beyond that, you know, it's, it's, it's really... Um, goes back to our, our mission, which is driving economic prosperity uh, for our region. Um, we, you know, we believe in that in that in in everything we do every day. And and one of the the most important ways that an airport can deliver on that economic impact is is through the movement of cargo. Uh, cargo does not deliver the same you know revenue profile to to an airport directly as passengers, but it delivers a much greater economic impact to the region. So if you think about um, 
companies that you know manufacture in our region that, that rely on air cargo to import their raw materials. Uh, if you think about commerce and trade um, that are so critical to to the economy of a region, these things are all enabled uh, through air cargo. So we we take that that mission very seriously, um, and and that goes right uh, right up to our our, our executive, our, our CEO, and of course our board of directors are all uh, are all um, you know very supportive of, of our cargo initiatives at uh, at Edmonton International Airport, and of course beyond uh, the airport uh, organizations like yours at Edmonton Global and the various municipalities are also um, extremely supportive of our cargo ambitions. Charles and Stan, do you have anything you want to add to that? In in your experience with uh, airports around the world, is the emphasis more on cargo or is it on passengers? Let me jump in. So the pandemic focused a lot more people on cargo because because of the pandemic, uh, passenger traffic went down precipitously around the world. And many airlines, including Air Canada, uh, the, tr- the legacy combination airlines, um, said, well, there's stuff still moving. So let's, in some cases, convert passenger car- uh, aircraft into cargo aircraft. That That transition's gone back, but still, if one looks at the growth rates of cargo versus passenger, cargo has continued to grow precipitously. Um, There's some developments um, in the United States, as an example, and also in Europe, where the passenger traffic is not really coming back, or at least the shape, the uh, components of the passenger traffic isn't coming back as it was pre-pandemic. And as a result, both airlines and airports are changing their focus more to cargo. And, and this is, quite frankly, as Alex has, has said, this is where Edmonton is really taking a, a step forward amongst the peers of airports here in Canada. One of the other things, just to add to that, um, most people don't realize it, but on international uh, flights, and I'm I'm not talking about the domestic operations within North America at the moment. But if you're talking about a, a KLM and Air France or or uh, British Airways, for example, um, the the amount of cargo needed to make a flight profitable uh, can add up to about fifty percent of of what uh, the contribution is needed from the cargo just to make the flight break even. Passenger yields are are notoriously uh, seasonal as to, you know, return, um, what kind of prices you're going to get. I mean, let's face it, in the middle of the winter, the prices are nowhere near what they are in the peak of the summer. And what cargo is, is 12 months a year. That's number one. And the contribution of cargo, if you market it correctly by having the proper value proposition at the airport to support higher value goods, pharmaceuticals come to mind, e-commerce comes to mind, dangerous goods, things that require specialized handling. The airlines can make a significant amount of money on the cargo hold, which means they can support a passenger flight more uh, frequency, sometimes with a bigger airplane than they were thinking of, of meaning uh, instead of a 330, moving it with a 777 because of the cargo contribution. And an airport that understands that cargo should be a core business is the one that's going to succeed. Right. So cargo is pretty important in terms of financial viability. What are shippers and importers looking for from an airport when it comes to international trade? What makes it attractive? What we're getting is a situation around the world where the airports are now looking 
um, more and more to cargo to support the uh, e-commerce business, as an example, where an airport can really help. Uh, it requires, of course, the the uh, the uh, commitment of the local authorities for customs clearance. It requires a good regime for security because it's multiples of small packages from people who really sometimes don't understand the business. So what an airport can do is if they understand the product portfolio that the airlines are trying to achieve, meaning if they get into the head of the airlines and discuss with them their marketing plans and how they can help them, that's number one, they can better suit the airport facilities, technology, and, and operations, and also the interface with customs and security people better for that airline to succeed and make more money. That's number one. But they also have to engage with people like yourselves, with like Edmonton Global and the local shippers and importers. And, and why? Because they also would like to expand their business or increase their business from a certain geographic region where maybe logistics is very expensive or to ship to these regions and to do that and be competitive against another global player in the e-commerce world they need the support of the airport to have the, the products from the airlines that will allow them to do it that's where an air an airport can really get involved with the whole community and it benefits everyone the airport can be the catalyst for economic growth in the edmonton region but also as a gateway and when i say that one of the things we really see a, a really strong future for is a gateway to the north. And because the people in the north are, are tired of not having choice, and they're looking upon e-commerce and other suppliers to give them that choice, and I think uh, you're perfectly positioned to help in that, in that respect. If I can also just jump in on the economic development, it's well known within economic developers um, that export-related jobs earn a higher wage on average than a de domestic-focused uh, manufacturing job. So, And that's because of margins, it's because of demand issues, there's a variety of, of factors. So supporting, as we are, Edmonton International and expanding its reach, Stan's mentioned about the, the North, well, there are exports, which we know of, um, and we were actually shown in a recent tour of the airport that are coming from the north, but they're going overseas. Well, that is going to translate into better paying jobs, which is going to benefit the local communities up north, as well as those industries and companies that are in Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, wherever, in, uh, in the rest of Canada. So it's really important to, to look at it from that perspective, because not only are you creating more jobs with a further reach, but you're creating jobs that on average have, um, earn more for the people. So that's going to be more attractive. Stan and um, Charles, I love how um, you do work all around the world at airports and, and you have really nice things to say about the Edmonton Airport uh, or YUG as we call it. Because at Edmonton Global, we are huge fans and we find them very forward thinking uh, and innovative. So I'm wondering if you can share with listeners um, or maybe Alex, um, what are some of the value-driven initiatives that YEG is uh, focused on when it comes to sustainability? Sure, I, I can jump in and that, that leads into some of the work we're doing directly with with, um, with Sassy World. But um, <clears throat> a couple of things right off the bat, we're in the middle of, of two major expansions. So we've, um, we've just launched our or opened our, our brand new cargo apron expansion that adds six wide-body cargo aircraft parking positions, but importantly, 
um, we were we were um, intentional in, in making sure that the the contract was awarded to somebody who was going to develop that apron in a in a sustainable way. So we the apron was was um, was built using a, a carbon uh, cure process that that essentially delivered a, a net zero cargo apron. Um, you know, one of the first of its kind as as far as we were aware. Uh, the second phase of that will be to add uh, fuel hydrant system to the that cargo apron so um, aircrafts will be will be fueled quicker safer but but importantly with a lower carbon footprint um, using smaller vehicles uh, and the third part is is a cold storage uh, expansion so uh, you know enabling local um, you know small to medium-sized food companies to to export you know perishable um, goods pharmaceutical goods uh, and importing as well which you know is important to people um, so that's that's sort of the, the the phase we're in right now. We also uh, just about a year ago received uh, significant funding from the federal government for our international cargo hub expansion, which will turn 2,000 acres um, of our 7,000 acres into a logistics hub at, at the airport. Um, but really important there as well is that entire development will be powered by uh, our airport city solar development, which is currently underway. So. Um, everything that we're doing sort of from, from this point forward is, is really through the lens of, of uh, sustainability and, and you know, minimizing our, our carbon footprint. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the airport was the first uh, airport in the world to sign on to the Amazon Climate Pledge uh, to be net zero by 2040. Uh, we've had a number of, of recent announcements, including at uh, Smart Airports a couple of weeks ago, where we announced two partnerships to uh, develop sustainable aviation fuel at uh, at our airport and, and in the region um you know we we know that the region is is heavily uh, invested in and pursuing hydrogen um in the sort of maybe short to medium term um you know sustainable aviation fuel will continue to be needed for um for maybe long haul flights um until the hydrogen technology reaches a point that it can be you know more more reasonably deployed for aircraft but so so sustainable aviation fuel is is huge um, so those are just a number of the sustainability initiatives that, that we have underway um, at the airport. And <clears throat> another way that, that airports can, of course, be um, be more sustainable is, is through the efficiency um, at the airport. And, and a lot of that uh, is enabled by technology. Uh, if you think about uh, trucks moving around the airport, if you think about goods moving around the airport, um, if they're done in the most efficient and, and quickest manner possible, um, that just lowers the overall impact of, of that cargo. Um, and so, you know, we're working hand-in-hand uh, hand with, with Stan and Charles on the implementation of a, an airport cargo community system. And, uh, and maybe I'll hand off to the guys to give you a bit more information on, on what that is and, and what it means. But, um, you know, I think that really sort of will help propel us into, into the future and, and embrace technology in, in, uh, in cargo movement to the airport. Yeah, well, the vision very, very simply is everybody, <clears throat> everybody is, is aware of what sustainable aviation fuel can do and what we can do better with airplanes. I mean, we're working on everything on the high technological basis, <clears throat> including working with people like Airbus as, as a company, SASE does. Um, but there are things that can be done today. Uh, I'll give you an example. In terminal design, we push for plat uh, Leeds Platinum. Uh, we push for skylights, for natural light versus using uh, uh, lights. In the handling of perishables, we're going more with the container companies who are looking for plug-in containers rather than building a huge amount of coolers, which use you know, have to run 24 hours a day. 
These are just simple uh, things that you can do today to make your airport more sustainable. Uh, but the cargo community system allows you to go completely paperless, which in itself doesn't sound like much, but it's a huge um, it's a huge uh, uh, aspect of what what causes problems in air cargo. Um, it, it allows truck slot bookings, for example, more efficiency on the trucks. <clears throat> means they don't have to stay on the airport and dwell and wait for cargo to be picked up or delivered or whatever. They're they're in and they're out in 30 to 45 minutes versus sitting there with the engine running in the winter to keep warm or in the summer to keep cool, etc., etc. Uh, there's so many little things you can do today, but there's also some macro things you can do um, on on the way the airport works to approach the airplanes, the way you park. Um, making sure that <clears throat> the suppliers on the airport, the, what we call the ground handling companies, the GHAs, are moving towards electric or hydrogen-powered ground support equipment. Now, there are companies that have taken, major ground handling companies have taken board decisions, no more diesel-powered, it's got to be electric. Well, in the case of Edmonton's, we have a choice. We have the luxury of choice, hydrogen or electric. But that will remove a lot of pollution as well. But the interesting thing for the industry is, <clears throat> while this is all good for the environment, this is going to become mandated. And what I mean by that is not necessarily by the governments who are very interested in this. It's going to be mandated by the actual shipper of the goods or the importer of the goods for his compliance. And this is especially important for anything coming to and from Europe. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies have already warned the airlines, if you don't clean up your act on the airports, especially because we know where you're going with, with sustainable aviation fuel, and we know where you're going with airplane technology. But if you don't clean up your act, we're going to move back to sea freight. Even though our money is tied up for a longer period of time in the longer transit, it's less environmental impact footprint. And we are going to do that. So we, as, an, as a, a, a group of, of participants in air cargo, we have to make sure we prove to them that we will be environmentally uh, sound. And we can do it. And that's part of our Smart Airports program that we're working on with, uh, with uh, the team. Just one last point on that. The Smart Airports program is designed to match airports with each other. So people who have the same core values, so eventually when we're all, and we won't, it won't take as long in Edmonton because they're so far advanced. But once we have that settled, there are other airports, in particular I'm thinking of Amsterdam and a few others, who really want to partner up with Edmonton in order to make sure it happens at both ends of the equation. So it's really a great sustainable product offer between the two airports. I'm curious to hear, Stan, from your perspective, because you have that international perspective, and we... As Brianna said, we're huge fans of all the sustainability initiatives that are happening at our airport in our region. Like, how do we stack up internationally? I, I would say you're a leader. Um, there are um, uh, different aspects uh, to it because, you know, when you talk about uh, ground support equipment and the attitude of the airport towards the people that work on the airport, um, we're, we're on tender hooks a bit in our advice because... If it was up to us, we would say, go out and mandate it. And, of course, the airport says, look, we've got agreements. We can't just do that. Um, but the, the point is, when you talk to Edmonton Airport people, they get it. They understand. They, they realize it. 
um, what the work that they're doing with solar, hydrogen, and eventually electric um, is 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 basically leading the industry, and it's a it's a showcase, and that's why we're so passionate about working with with uh, with uh, Alex and his team because they get it. We go to other airports. Um, I don't want to name names, but let's talk about there's one particular one in Canada um, where he told us, look, we don't care about all this. We're just a real estate developer. And that's a major gateway. And that shocked us. Um, we it was a couple in the U.S., for example, the same story. Uh, yet so airports just beside them, in the case of, of Chicago, for example, versus Rockford, which is right next to uh, Chicago Airport, who get it on the environment, but on the other side, just down the road, only 45 minutes away, they don't care. They're only looking for the revenue of the real estate transaction. So when it comes to that, I, my hats are off to the Edmonton and to, to everybody on the team down there. They've been, they've been at it for a while. We're, we're very pleased to be working with them to bring it to the next step. And again, this will drive airlines to the airport from other gateways who have the similar thinking. And we also believe with the help of, of Edmonton Global and others, we can also bring in clean industries to the region, uh, distribution companies, e-commerce companies, uh, people who want to, uh, to uh, take advantage of all the benefits that you're building there. So I am curious about the role of government and international agencies, because you mentioned, you know, a lot of it's self-driven or it's shippers that will, you know, require things. But what, um, um, how do government policies impact supply chains? Uh, in Canada and globally and affect the industry? So in uh, 2005, the United Nations um, published UN recommendation number 33, which basically said you've got to digitize everything in cross-border trade. And I'm actually working with a team on expanding that. Um, Canada has um, adopted that. And if you look at recent history, what Transport Canada specifically has been doing to promote the digitalization of trade. Canada is trying to not only protect its position worldwide, but actually to take a march within North America. Um, that's been a, a couple of examples. Uh, the Canadian um, Supply Chain Task Force in their report, which was issued last year, basically said, we've got to digitize everything. And this is all of the modes. It's not just air, air cargo. And in fact, Transport Canada recently um, required both CN and CP and the other railroads um, here in Canada that they had to digitize. Now, it was a, a, a first step, but, and the railroads humped and grumped, but they complied. Um, any airport, along with the airlines, along with the freight forwarders, along with the ground handlers, and all of the rest of the cohorts in the worldwide air cargo logistics chain that digitize are going to, A, meet the expectations of governments, and most governments have signed on to this recommendation, but they're also going to be better able to absorb all of the disruptions that we're seeing in the industry all the time. Um, and those disruptions, they may be natural disruptions or they may be man-made disruptions. They're coming, they're not going away, and we can't sit back and say, well, that's the way we always used to do it. And to be able to respond so quickly, we have to have a digital framework. And that, through the airport cargo community system, which Alex and his team are working feverishly to bring 
up to speed and in operation um, at YEG, that's emblematic of those partners that want to get ahead of the tsunami and not be swept up by the wave of digitalization and be floundering and not know what they have to do. That's great. So it really is getting ahead of it and being proactive, I guess. Alex, do you have anything else to share about the ongoing work that you're doing with SASE and how they're helping with that transition to digitization? Yeah, I think, you know, as, as we've we alluded to a few times, I mean, SASE have seen a lot of airports around the world in, in their work. Uh, airport cargo community systems, as an example, are in place at, at 100 airports worldwide, um, which, which globally speaking is, is still just a, a very, very tiny percentage of, of the worldwide uh, airports, but it's it's proven that it that it works, that it it reduces uh, congestion. But but as um, as Charles mentioned, it it also puts uh, puts you ahead of the you know the the coming um, regulations and 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 things that are going to be mandated. You know, I think the other important thing to to note, um, and and Stan just touched on this a few minutes ago, is you know this is really um, it, it's in you know the the word community in, is is in in the title. Uh, it's much greater than the airport community, of course, and it's meant um, really to help drive the community at large, um, drive business to you know to and from the community, uh, make it more attractive. Um, Stan has, has mentioned e-commerce many times. I think we all know um, uh, you know how much more online shopping is you know we're all doing and and globally is happening um, these days. And so you know we we these types of systems help. To attract, uh, you know, businesses in certain sectors like e-commerce, uh, like pharma, and and anybody who's really relying on on trade and importing and exporting, uh, it helps attract them to the region. It's another strong um, sort of check mark in in the boxes um, on the you know on the pros the pro side of the uh, the checklist to to relocate to Edmonton, but also the businesses that are already here, the ones that are that are looking to. To grow and expand into international markets, the ones that are, um, you know, looking to to take advantage of of some of the large larger populations around the world where they can they can market to and sell their goods. So you know, there's a lot of great things made in the Edmonton region, as we know. There's a lot of great things made in in Canada, um, and you know, this system is more than just the airport. It's meant to help uh, those businesses in the region to to grow their uh, grow their uh, exports as well. So I think um, all of you have touched on it a little bit, but I want to um, kind of like hone, it, hone in on what can the city of Edmonton and the regional municipalities in Edmonton Global and other you know partners in economic development, what can we do to help support the Edmonton Airport in building this um, great ecosystem um, to support foreign direct investment and export and 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 all that stuff? Well, maybe I could chime in here one thing from our point of view. Um, <clears throat> It's obvious we need a bridge. We need a bridge to the community. And that's where Edmonton Global and others, uh, the city of Leduc or the, the whatever, anybody from uh, the local shippers council, uh, perhaps it's a chamber of commerce, perhaps it's an ex export development board. If they understand the messaging, uh, they understand the benefits, the pros of all this. They, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody will embark. So the, the first thing that that could really help is that Edmonton Global, in particular, um, help us to bridge that communication gap. We have to get the message out there of the benefits for you. So what's in it for me is what we have to get out there because once we explain what's about to hit you, uh, hit you with the, the government regulations, 
you know, government regulations don't necessarily mean the, the, uh, the province of Alberta or, or the federal government. The regulations passed by the UN, IKO, or passed by the European Union or the U.S. government affect our ability to trade and, and also our ability to move goods. Uh, the U.S., uh, starting in November, you cannot even load a piece of cargo onto an airplane pallet to prepare it to go on an airplane unless that information is sent digitally over to the United States uh, uh, Transportation Safety Organization, so TSA, uh, so they can say, okay, we'll accept that you can ship that to us. Now, when you get into that kind of uh, thought, the exporters and importers and people who potentially are looking at, at Alberta or at Edmonton region as, as a base, uh, they have to know all this, and we're there to provide that, that guidance. Um, so I think in, in the fact of, um, of, of the airport authority working more along with us, with you and other associations to broaden the knowledge of what, how good this can be and how, what a value the airport can be to their business case <clears throat> and economic development would be superb. So I would like to see uh, more engagement from the community, to be honest, to help the airport to get where it has to be. And then, of course, at the same time, you're doing helping the airport, you're helping yourself. I love the, the term you use, the bridge to the community. I mean, I think that that sort of uh, speaks to it perfectly. I mean, the, the, the community is, is, is big. It's a big region. There's a lot of businesses in the region, um, you know, and, and there's a bit of a uh, when it comes to sort of developing air service, especially on the cargo side. There's, of course, a bit of a, a chicken in the egg there. I mean, you know, we. You need the shippers to attract the airlines. The, the the shippers want the airlines. You know the airlines need to know who the the, sh the importers and exporters are in the region. So that's again where that that bridge can be uh, a really critical uh, link to helping to grow and develop the air service that uh, that we all want. Um, both on the passenger side, of course, as, as Stan mentioned, the the importance of cargo in the belly of of long haul uh, passenger flights and and dedicated cargo flights. Uh, that information from the the community. Uh, from the shippers, what their needs are, what they're what they're looking for, what markets they're looking at, uh, is really critical. Yeah, and I imagine that message that Charles was talking about earlier about higher paying jobs for companies that export. That's a powerful message that you can send to the business community. Uh, this has been really, really insightful. Is there anything that any of you want to add before we kind of close this conversation off? I, I would just like to add one thing to complement what Alex just said. You know, the biggest issue. Uh, in air cargo is usually traffic imbalance. I mean, uh, you can stimulate based on currencies or whatever. You you can stimulate import, and very often that means that your your currency is very high, so export is difficult, etc. One of the most challenging things with Edmonton at the moment will be return cargo back to Asia, back to Europe, for example. Um, and that's the interesting thing for Edmonton global and local industry. It might be an existing producer, let's say a producer of meat uh, products. Um, high value e-commerce for meat, it exists everywhere. If you go on the television in the U.S. and you'll see, for example, uh, Nebraska steaks, have them delivered to your home with high quality Wagyu type beef, etc. Anything that we're doing, which would, would help an existing customer or potentially new customers to export their product, is really a contribution to their fixed cost of serving the domestic market, and it can add a lot of value. 
So the needs of the airport and the airline industry to stimulate export from Edmonton, we can do our job as SASE and as Edmonton Airport to stimulate route development and, and encourage companies to come there. But at the same time, it opens tremendous opportunities for local industries to get into new products. And one of those new products is that it's a platform of e-commerce. E-commerce can be used for seafood. It can be used for meat. It can be used for anything. Uh, handicraft, um, uh, products from the north. There's a whole gamut of products that people want around the world. That will be our job to stimulate and hopefully with your help these exporters uh, to either relocate to Edmonton because we've done this or they are already there and this will open a new market for them. So these, these are exciting things I think we can do together. That's great. Alex or Charles, anything to add? No, thank you for the opportunity. I, I think Stan just, just said that perfectly. I mean, that's, um, uh, you know, that's, that's really, really important to, uh, to our work. And, and so thanks for this opportunity to, uh, to, to, speak, uh, to speak to you today and to speak to the region. Well, thanks all for your time. And uh, it's such a critical industry. So you kind of gave us a look behind the curtain of kind of like, yeah, how complex it is and how fascinating. So um, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think our listeners too will appreciate kind of that extra knowledge now of, yeah. Absolutely. A new appreciation for the value that you bring. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot for hosting us. And uh, we look forward to having many, many more conversations with you. You bet. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website, edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned something new about why economic development matters.